0: Hi, it's Dave. Welcome to a live stream. So just moments ago, President Biden announced his $2 trillion infrastructure plan. And in this video, I want to share the details on what's in the plan, but also how it's going to be paid for. So the Biden's infrastructure plan is a $2 trillion plan over the next eight years designed to spur jobs, infrastructure and clean energy. So let's focus in on what some of this plan focuses on. Um, First off, um, the plan focuses on $621 billion in transportation. So what does this um, mean? First off... um, it's about roads, it's about bridges, it's about railways and airports. And of the $621 billion in transportation, $174 billion is supposed to be directed to the EV market or electric vehicles. Now the details are kind of sparse on exactly how much of the $174 billion is going to go to which part of EV the electric vehicle market. But the large majority probably will go to rebates and tax credits for American-made EVs. And that was made clear. Some of the other money will go into supporting 500,000 electric vehicle chargers and also getting the federal fleet to move to clean electric and hydrogen vehicles. Now, the federal federal fleet is actually quite large. It's about 650,000 vehicles. So If the government really put their will to it and really wanted to transition their entire fleet to clean electric, that would be actually a sizable um, endeavor. However, um, what was odd was this whole thing of hydrogen, and so it seems like the government is kind of unclear, it's a no-brainer to go electric, but to actually, you know, move over a significant portion of the government vehicles to hydrogen just seems like such a complicated uh, wasteful move overall though i think the benefits or the amount of money that's going to be spent on the electric vehicle market is positive Um, anything really to encourage adoption to move people over um, to make electric charging and owning a vehicle more attractive, I think is positive to the industry and positive also to the environment and to climate. Um, However, when you look at some of the specifics on the tax credits, um, this is where I think it is a little bit unclear. See, a tax credit, let's say, if you're buying an electric vehicle, you get a $7,500 tax credit or something like that. That is a short-term demand catalyst, but it's actually a temporary catalyst that actually will end at a certain time. Um, in the past federal EV credit, it ended when a manufacturer reached 200,000 cumulative sales in that country or in the US, and it started to taper off rather quickly. Now, the problem with going with this tax credit um, solution is when the manufacturing limit has been reached and the credits run out, then this becomes more, more like a disadvantage because now every other manufacturer has the credit and then you don't and so for tesla i think something um more steady would be much better rather than having kind of a short-term artificial catalyst that just is a temporary boost which tesla doesn't really need at this point um and then rather becomes more of a long-term disadvantage rather than doing that i think it would be more effective for the government to come in do something sustainable long term to increase the demand and the appeal of electric vehicles in the overall market what i would like what i would personally like to, uh, to see be seen to be done, is for the government to do some kind of ongoing um, cash for clunkers program. Rather than cash, um, it could be kind of an EV rebate for clunkers. For those who don't know, the government a while back did a program that was super successful, and it didn't even cost that much, just several billion dollars, where People could trade in their super old cars right that were barely working and trade it in for a new car. And it was great because you got the old cars off the road and you had it was a stimulus package where people were, were um, able to buy um, newer cars. and it really helped the economy. And I think that's actually a great program where if you can make it an EV kind of cash for clunkers, meaning um, you trade in your old car, and let's say it's 10 years or older and you get ten thousand dollars off of a purchase of an electric vehicle so toward an electric vehicle and what's great about an option like this it's the consumer's choice the consumer gets to choose which kind of ev product and it can be unlimited to the point where if you think about ten thousand dollars off um If you're willing to spend $100 billion, which this plan is um, willing to spend more than that, that's $10 million or 10 million cars that you could spend on. So you can give $10,000 off of 10 million electric vehicles, right, to reach your $100 billion cap. And so you can make it open ended. You could say, we have. $100 billion in this EV cash for clunkers program. Every person who wants to get rid of their, you know, 10 or let's say 15-year-old car, um, they can trade it in, get $10,000 off an electric vehicle of their choice, right? And this will go until the expiration, until our $100 billion is left out. Now, this would be, I think, an awesome plan that would be much more fair and actually um, would be much more sustainable long-term. Now, in addition to the... um, electric vehicle subsidies and investments, the Biden plan will also possibly extend a 10-year extension to the solar tax credits, which should help those in the solar business and perhaps also the um, the energy business as well. Now, what are the remaining parts of the Biden infrastructure plan? The second biggest part is the $400 billion in home care services and workforce, and that's going to expanding long-term care services under Medicaid. And then there's $300 billion in manufacturing um, spread out with semiconductor medical manufacturing and even these regional innovation hubs that Biden is coining. The next biggest category is $213 million in housing. And this is for building and renovating 2 million houses, including low-income housing. Next up is $180 billion in research and development, and then $111 billion in water, um, which is largely to replace um, lead pipes throughout the country. And then you have $100 billion in renovating schools and childcare facilities, $100 billion in digital infrastructure, like affordable high-speed internet, and $100 billion in workplace development and job training. So altogether, this is about a $2 trillion stimulus package focusing mostly on infrastructure and it's a very ambitious plan because this is a lot of money. You're talking about, you know, trillions of dollars going into the economy spread across different areas. So a question now is how is this going to be paid for? In Biden's talk that just concluded um, not too long ago, he um, was emphasizing that the plan could be paid for in different ways. And the first thing was to raise corporate taxes. And so the corporate tax rate would be increased from 21% to 28%. And this is going to be a contentious area of debate because some people really attribute the um, drop of the corporate tax rate to 21% to a lot of the economic kind of activity, especially in startups and in technology. And so for it to go up to 28% is going to be something that's going to be debated. But I think um, Biden probably and the Democrats will have enough sway to get that done. They also want to have a global minimum tax for U.S. corporations at 21% and penalize shifting assets to Overseas, So they're going to try to, you know, force companies to keep their assets and businesses in the US. Also, Biden is promising that there will be no tax increase for those making under $400,000 a year. Um, and I want to go into this a little bit more because um, Biden in his speech that just ended he didn't talk about actually individual taxes and he kind of left out that topic because i think it's a quite hot topic in his campaign he actually campaigned on a promise where he would um eliminate the long-term capitals gain capital gains tax for those who are making a million dollars or more so in other words let's say if you have held a long-term stock and you've hold it you've held it for many years, let's say. And if you're making less than a million dollars, then that stock would be taxed at a capital gains tax when you sold it, a long term one. And that is, you know, about a twenty percent gain plus a three point eight percent surcharge. So about twenty four percent tax. However, what Biden has proposed is a removal of that tax and to tax long-term capital gains at an income tax rate and so the income tax rate is about 36 percent in the u.s however he's also proposed that income tax rate for the highest earners to be increased to 39.6 percent so the end of the story the moral of the story here is that um a summary of the story is that taxes will be increased uh, for the top level to 39.6 percent income taxes but also Long-term capital gains taxes for those making a million dollars and over will be eliminated and they'll be charged income tax rates. And so this is a big, actually, a tax increase for those who are making a lot. And this is basically 40% for long-term capital gains, plus possibly a 3.8% surtax. So you might be paying 44%. If you're in certain high-tax states like California, you might be paying, you know, 55% or even more, up to 60% um, capital gains on long-term stock, right? And so this is the shifting environment of the, ta- the world of tax and politics, which, you um, it's not gonna. It's not a favorable one to those who are making, you know, um, higher amounts of money. And it looks like the benefits of, you know, kind of long-term capital gains also is in flux. It's interesting that Biden didn't mention this in his talk because I think it is a contentious debate because there's something ca- which is the possibility of tax creep, meaning you could set up a policy where you eliminate the long-term capital gains tax for those making a million dollars or more this term. But how about the next candidate, or let's say five or 10 years later, this type of policy could actually creep down if the government needs more money, where it creeps down to those making $500,000 or more, or $300,000 or more, and eventually is eliminated altogether. And so um, stuff like this is something that's going to be interesting to watch out for. Now, the plan that Biden um, has released today is as actually the start of negotiations, meaning that this isn't a bill that's been passed, um, that's been debated at all already. It's something that Biden is kicking off. And this plan will be debated in Congress very heavily. And so this is just the beginning of the process. I think what's going to be fascinating to hear about in coming months is exactly the details of how this stuff is going to be implemented. And I think, unfortunately, the reality of things is there are so many lobbyists and so many interest, special interest groups that Washington is going to be flooded with lobbyists from every industry trying to get a piece of this action. And what you would expect in a plan like this to be fairly distributed to those, you know, who could really help the economy, what usually ends up is you have a ton of special interests and lobbyists getting a little bit of their way. And you have these crazy, you know, um, things that, that, money is going to, that billions of dollars could go to. And so that is a threat and a concern that I think, um, that needs to be watched out for, for in this process. Um, and we'll see. Anyways, I think this is an ongoing, uh, conversation that we'll be having regarding the Biden $2 trillion infrastructure plan. And, um, just wanted to share my initial thoughts after hearing the reveal, um, just moments before. All right, have a great day and we'll see you guys in my next video. Thanks.